tried to do the the Bobcast by myself at first, and it was horrific, dude. I was just fucking like talking, and I would get stuck. Uh, and then like in the middle of the recording, I ended up deleting it because I was so depressed. But I was just like, "What the fuck am I doing? I don't even know how to fucking edit." <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem usually in the uh, podcast world. That's what makes it easy when I mean Jimmy, you did a phenomenal job just on a script when you did the solo episode. Shout out the solo episode. I think we're just gonna go right from here too. And uh welcome everybody to Rooster and the Villain now with Jimmy, Jake, and I'm back, Mike. Uh Jimmy and Jake, it's so nice that you guys have continu- continued the tradition of, of Rooster and the Villain and now villain and the seagull a little bit uh thanks for getting the podcast going oh oh captain my captain it's good to have you back yes thank goodness it's good to see you you guys gave me some nice words in the last episode but not warranted at all because i'm just here with a cocktail in hand calling a uh it was an anchorman special where i had the the shell seashell out and i think <laughs> about like 9 30 p.m eastern time and i said you guys want to talk soccer and here they are about 15 minutes later and i was late too because I had to make the cocktail, but nice to be here. Speaking of uh, of beverages, I have this um, super rare uh, craft beer. Apparently, it's from uh, brewed in Holland. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's called like Heineken. Ah, hmm. I still like a nice Heine in my mouth every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, uh, is that mustache new? Uh, no, I've had it for, um, well, my wife trims my beard with, uh, coincidentally the same, uh, clippers that we use to shave my dogs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so when it gets really, when it gets really long, she'll trim it, but she's, she's doing like continuing education for her, uh, her job right now. So Uh she had to answer like 79 fucking questions in like an hour or something. She's getting frustrated. So I started doing it myself. And I effed it up and I was like, you know what? At that point I got mad at myself and then I got mad at her for not helping me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a mustache now. So you look like Mario. (laughs) And Jimmy's pouring some, uh, what do you got there? Oh, it's something terrible. We don't need to tell everyone what I'm drinking. I don't. uh, Do you remember early days? There used to be like a running theme that the the devil loves whiskey. Like back when I was yes, uh, back yeah, in the yeah. in the devil days. Yeah, I, I, uh, just because I don't like the United anymore doesn't mean I stopped liking whiskey. So, you know, the first ninety nine episodes of the podcasts were pretty fantastic, and I don't even know what number it is on now. It's just like it continues in some form. And Jake and I were talking before we jumped on the podcast, so we do want to get a Bobcast going because we love the Maryland Bobcats. We know they're going through a rough time right now, but uh, this is not a Bobcast. This is still a a Prem meeting, and we're going to talk a little gambling, uh, and we're going to talk a little Spurs, and we're going to talk about a little Villa midweek action in the uh, Conference League. And Brighton, who do you play play this weekend? We'll, We'll find out. We'll find out. So, uh, where should we go from here? A little, little Tottenham first? Yeah. I mean, um, we, we discussed it on the last one, but we, uh, I wanted to get you on here, especially because, as we were saying in our group chat, it's, it's happy Spurs season. So, we <laughs> wanted your opinion before, as, as you said, it all comes crashing down. Uh, I mean, 
I'm a pessimist at this point because Tottenham is pain and pain is Tottenham. That's kind of been their uh, recent history. And, and you have to look at it from my point of view is I started when they were at the top. They were contending in Champions Leagues, going through the knockout rounds right during the uh, Champions League finals run, Champions League every year, and then all of a sudden Pochettino out. Jose, Conti, Harry gone. It's been a it's a turbulent. You guys were in the knockout rounds of the Champions League last year. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a, not to, not to, I know it feels like many moons ago, but you guys made it to round of sixteen uh, last year. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? Is that right? <laughs> you lost one nothing to who was it? AC Milan, like over two legs. Was it AC Milan or somebody else? I can't remember. But you guys were in the round of 16. I'm so embarrassed that I don't remember that. But no, I well, that's the thing, though. So you're talking about, right? It's just like it's a disease. It's, an, it's a worm in your brain as a Spurs fan. You feel like it's been fucking ever. Well, this is this is one thing. And I think we might have covered this before, but I don't know if I ever asked like while recording. And, Jimmy, you've been a fan of the Prem, you said, since the 90s. Mm-hmm. What is with – the empty Spurs trophy cabinet thing, because I know they've won an FA cup. They've won. Cause they covered in that, that movie. I keep trying to get Mike to watch the, what is it? White blue and white movie about the, the Falkland islands conflict, how Spurs had two Argentinians on the team. They won an FA cup with those Argentinians. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they do have trophies. I, I think that it points back to, I, I think in the premier league era, I, I think that they're without. Oh, trophies. Um, and for some reason, it's the same thing with the Harry Kane scoring record. Like mm-hmm. that's only like Alan Shearer's record is only Premier League. That's I mean, yeah. if you talk about like first first league or uh, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, top league football. Like I can't remember the old FA League One, whatever it was called. Like yeah, there's there, there's a guy who has like 400 some goals like over his career. I can't remember who that was, but that yeah. Dixie guy, Dixie something. Yeah, so it's. Yeah. People people tend to separate uh, the total history of English football between before and after Premier League era. So. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, <laughs> I, did, uh, I did some googling while you guys were chatting, and that uh, yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm, I feel a little embarrassed about that. But we did miss out on on any European football last season. Um, Harry Kane out in the transfer window, and to start the season. A two-two draw away at Brentford, where they they came back in that game. Um, looked pretty great. You started seeing some of the style that maybe they they would have this year, and then obviously the two-nothing win against Manchester United. Very good start. Uh, you'll take four points out of that anytime. You'd think probably it would be uh, swapped in that scenario, but I mean, pretty good start to the Hurricane era. I even heard you guys say that Spurs were enjoyable to watch, so. Why? Why would you say so? They, they, they are. They are embodying what you know. You and Tyndall say all the time, like it's the Spurs model, right? Like to dare is to do. Like, oh. I mean, they are playing aggressive, if not sometimes like to their own detriment. Like level of football. Like, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves uh, over the course of the season. But like, they're playing forward, attacking, fun football. Yeah. The. Uh... As like when it comes to Sun, like as as the kids are saying, let him cook. Like it, it's fun to watch him 
do what he does. And like, he's, it seems like Ainge is letting him, letting him off the leash. And he's, yeah. he's looking I mean, really good. You'll see a freer sound son once he scores a goal again, because it was an awful season last year after winning golden boot the year before. But he had, he had like the abdominal injury he played through all last season, right? And he got yeah. that taken care of in the off season. So yeah. So he's yeah, healthy part of it. It's open. And then obviously the other concern is for Charleston up top, which he's had a lackluster Spurs career thus far. A good World Cup, lackluster at Tottenham though. So, I mean, the oh. issues about where the goals are coming from a bit with with Harry out. That that reminded me. Um, now that Mike's here, I can ask this question. Um, Mike, you're excluded because you're biased. Who's more annoying, Anthony or Richarlson? I mean, for me, I say is. You know, I can't even say that I'm excluding all biases because you know I've been oh, yeah, I've been right. friends for so long with with Mike and Brad that I have a soft spot for Spurs and also have like a deep rooted angry. It's like it's like the ex girlfriend that you don't want to see happy. Like, um, but I haven't even said that. You know, I it, like in a vacuum, Anthony is more annoying. Like, I don't understand why he costs so much money. Uh, he doesn't do anything on the field. At least, like, I mean, if Richarlison's got antics, but at least he's fucking trying, you know, like, yeah. he, like he'll work hard. Like, I don't even know what the Anthony's doing out there most of the time. I don't, I'll, I am so blown away that, that we live in a world where Jaden Sancho can't fucking see the field yeah. and, and Anthony starts every game. I, I don't understand. He, did you ever see the video? The correct answer was Anthony, but uh, did you ever see the video where he bowed up to Lewis Dunk? No, he's like five oh my foot six and dunks like yeah. six four. Yeah, he he dunk comes over to defend one of his players and kind of bops him. And Anthony turns and he starts to like say some shit, and his mouth opens, and then his eyes get to be the size of dinner plates. And he looks up and he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. No, I, I I hate that dude. He's terrible. I don't get it. Yeah, where Charleston. That world that he scored in the World Cup kind of that carries him a little bit, you know. But the the, the talent's there. It's just like maybe maybe he's just a. I mean, he seems like kind of like he's a head case. Like if something goes wrong, he's going to let that affect him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's only two games in the season, so I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about it. I would like to see him get a run of games for the first time. And uh, yeah, honestly, Kulusevski when he came on the scene burned hot and when him and Benton Kerr came on the field that's when they qualified for the Champions League that I forgot about mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh Kulisevsky kind of cooled off last season and yeah maybe I, I think everybody loves him because of that first season but I think he is maybe a step slow right now so I'd like to see him either get going or you know at least have a backup option on the right wing just saying but uh, Madison's obviously a great addition. He's like everything you hope for in a player that can make incisive passing into the final third. Love those fingers. He says healthy, man. That's the, that's the only concern with him. He's definitely class. So he's, he's a very, very good player. I, I don't like the comparisons to like Erickson because they're different players in my opinion. But um, yeah, he's like uh, – he kind of fills that same creative – again, I'm not, I'm not comparing, but like when you talk about – losing Harry Kane, what he did for that team, like the last couple of years, dropping in and being like a creator, 
like Madison is kind of that spot. Like, well, yeah. So that's what people don't understand about Harry is like how good of a creator he was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it got weird the last couple seasons. I was, I was okay with the sale, and they got a lot of money for him at thirty years old. So yeah, I'm excited. Just, just the timing, though. Like, I mean, don't you wish you had that money to cook with all summer versus like a month before the end of the transfer window? Although I don't know, I think the squad as it's set up now is, uh, you know, what a success. You guys talked about what a successful season would be for your clubs. I think a successful season for Tottenham would be to make Champions League and make a run in one of the cup competitions, at least pretty late, like kind of like what Jake was saying with Brighton. And that's like a realistic expectation for Spurs this year. They're uh, they're saving that money, like I said. Earlier in the week, they're saving that money so they can pay us $100 million for Ferguson next summer. <laughs> Brighton is fun to watch. And actually, the Aston Villa end of transfer window there was very interesting to me where you guys sold Cameron Archer. And then there's another young fella you guys sold yeah. out somewhere. Which uh, I'm yeah, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey, who's uh, his brother, uh, Jacob, has been starring for us the last two years, both Academy kids. Uh, Jacob, obviously, is coming back from the – broken foot from uh the U, was it u23 world cup where he was the captain for england um are you 21 i can't remember anyway uh yeah like uh, both of those and unai said it you know a month ago he said if we sell any of these academy guys any academy guys we're going to sell we're inserting the buyback clause into because i think it's like uh he understands that you know right now what he's trying to build is in a different spot but though he sees the potential of those guys, he wants them to go out and play. And if they turn into what he thinks they're going to turn into, they can bring them back. So I think it's such a smart strategy because you see Tottenham all the time, like with Dane Scarlett just sending them an endless loans, and Alfie Devine, endless loans, Troy Parrott. It's like if they would have sold these guys when they were a little bit hyped up coming out of the Tottenham Academy early, then you get some money for them instead of just like let them fizzle out when they make the team sheet but just aren't seeing game minutes. So I think it's, I like that. It's a, it's also a balancing of financial fair play, right? Like I mean, for I understand, I know, like I don't remember if we said this last time, but like uh, Villa is like top five or six as far as owners' wealth. So like we have like a lot of ownership money. However, we just haven't had the success on the field. So we're still balancing financial fair play, and we've we've actually spent a pretty significant amount of money. Like, uh, you know, Diaby actually blew our uh, transfer record out of the water. Um, so you know, having some of those sales, like same thing with selling Carney Chukwemeka to Chelsea last year for twenty million. Like on the last year as an academy graduate, you know, we're talking about an eighteen million for Archer, fourteen million for Ramsey. All of that, like. That does do a lot of good for your financial fair play concerns, I guess. Yeah, I mean, financial fair play doesn't seem like too much of a concern for a lot of clubs in the league, though, Jimmy. Not me. There's a a specific specific number of clubs that can get away with it. But like I said, that's because they're like, I mean, I'm not saying that City and Chelsea aren't super questionable, like, but they do have way more business going on in a team like Villa does like internationally like so it at least makes a little bit more sense than um than Villa spending ton of money all right let me talk a little bit more Tottenham now for just a second if if I could um before before you go on can you include it in there somewhere 
Um, I haven't asked you, not even in a text, but it's included this somewhere in your in your talk here. Um, when do you and do you hope to see the Argentinian kid um, at like whether it's like League Cup or FA Cup um, this season? The striker. I mean, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but <laughs> I don't know either, Jimmy. Lo Lo Celso? No, no, not, no, not oh, dude, no, he's older. They they bought it. They bought a kid from River Platte for like twenty million, but he's like eighteen. I, I do not know that even. Mm. Oh. I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm out of. Uh, oh, I'm out of uh, over here. Uh, Alejo Valiz. Yes. Rosario Central, fifteen million. That's, that's who it was. Rosario Central, not damn. Did y'all hire like a Brighton scout or something? Yeah, he, he was coming out of Rosario he got, Central. He got, he got like uh, I think it was like last year, like a comment, um, like when they were talking about like they asked Messi about Argentinian players coming up, and he was that he was mentioned by name by Messi, um, like as a like he thinks he's going to be a prolific goal scorer. It might be because he plays at Messi's. Uh, no, Messi's new old boys, not even Rosario Central. Yeah. Um, but just being Argentinian, he might be trying to pump him up. But he sounds like he had a ton of potential. Fifteen million, like, and with no, not a lot of depth at the striker role. Noticed that on the uh, the, the old socials, yeah. But thank you for telling me that. I had no idea. You know, you know yeah. who's managing Rosario Central? Because that that's why I was making that joke. Is because Buenanote is from there. That Brighton got. Oh, uh, Carlos Te- Carlos Tevez is managing it. He uh, he made he actually made the messy comment about Buenanote too. Okay, but yeah, that I guess I guess Tevez is producing motherfuckers, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean they just love soccer down there. Love it. Love that. Love that dude though, Tevez. That dude's fucking awesome. Yeah. Cracks me up. Yeah, tomorrow Mike, go go online and watch some of his highlight stuff. Like, I mean, I, I understand it. Like. Argentinian league is good. Like it's good. It's not like world beating, but like he looks, he looks good. Like that's why I think that you guys, with you guys not loaning him out, like it's gonna take him a little bit to get up to speed. But I like I would be surprised if you guys don't see him at some point in like league cup or FA cup. Yeah, it seems like Ainge uh, is very accepting of playing young talent, which has also been another staple of, of Spurs since I've known them as well. Like bringing academy kids into the first team where they're comfortable making appearances and then that in turn increases their value. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see them, Jimmy. Well, now, now I feel bad that I derailed your, like go on with your, the rest of your Spurs stuff. Like I was just like, I've been thinking about him and I hadn't texted you or Brad about him, but like he sounded, he sounded promising. Not like, obviously he's not like he come in first, first day and play, but like one sure. for the future for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I want to talk about the uh, center defensive mid pairing all of a sudden and, and talk to Jake a little bit about Basuma because all of a sudden it looks like Basuma is an every game starter for, for Tottenham in that central defensive role. And he looks so good. And, you know, there were glimpses of that last year, but all of a sudden you're seeing all the whole package of what Basuma brings. Like he's, he's great at getting the ball away from people when they're attacking. And he's also good at making those incisive passes also good at carrying the ball. Like, Basuma is fucking awesome. Jake, thank you. <laughs> no, I love that dude. Like, uh, like we were saying, um, Jimmy and I were talking about. Like, he was, he was part of like the, the pre hype, I guess. Like, Caicedo was like the final form of Brighton hyped players. <laughs> Basuma was like thirty million or whatever. Totally fucking worth it. 
dude like defensive mid who loves to play defense and also loves to shoot from distance and score. Like he scored this fucking screamer for Brighton like a few years back. Dude's a fantastic player. I'm really happy for him. Is is like whole whole how do you say it? Whole whole beard. Whole beard. Yeah, that that's too much. Um, he seems to be uh, out of favor, which I yeah, that's what I was gonna I would ask. agree with that being okay. Like he was a great player under Conte and and uh, Jose, but yeah, he wants to go. Everyone wants him out. So we got Sar slotting in next to Gasuma uh, or Oliver Skip, who played in the first game. So that seems to be kind of like the the preferred midfield there. But they're they're just holding they're just holding court until Bentancur is healthy. I mean, correct. Yeah, I mean a Bentancur and uh, Basuma midfield pairing like that's yeah they're both class. And then also too they've revamped the back line now. You have uh, Udogi who they also bought for very cheap that everyone's very happy with it at left back and has just looked fantastic. Uh, Van de Ven from uh, Wolfsburg. I guess he was paired with John Brooks at one point. Probably. Yeah. 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 He had isn't that one of, isn't that one of Jimmy's boys? John Brooks. Yeah. John Brooks. Yeah. The, uh, the, the national team has been shit ever since they stopped calling up John Brooks. Mm. You're a Canadian fan anyway, you little. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, yeah, so, uh, you know, Pudi Romero from Argentina has yet to get a yellow, so that's good news. But he'll eat <laughs> for a red. <laughs> then Emerson Royale and then uh, what, uh, Pedro Porro, who they bought last year. So, He's he's look. They both of them look great at right back in the, in the games that they played. So all this, there's hope at Tottenham. Hope beyond Harry. Uh, happy for the new season to start. Really okay with no European football as well because you know you just get a chance to focus on league and domestic competitions for the first time in a while. So I think that with Spurs, like I know that there's like especially going back to what was it, the last. Season, season half with Pope, like the the crying about not crying, but like the the honest complaint that they don't they're not That's buying anything for him or whatever. But the problem is now they've gone through like two or three managers. I mean, everyone forgets that Nuno is there for a hot second. Yeah, yeah I actually didn't. Sounds like he's already he's already worn out his welcome at Al Ittihad or whatever it is in Saudi league. Yeah, yeah he's um, trying to say that Kareem Benzema is uh, unplayable. Yeah, fuck, whatever, yeah, you get fired, for Kareem Benzema. You joke. Yeah, but like, but like, I think that like it's funny. Like Udogi, like he looks good, but like already we forgot that you guys in the last couple of years bought players. Like, like it seems like Sessegnon's never going to be there uh, as a left back. Right. It seems like they're they they've been trying to move uh, Regulon on. Um, in fact, yeah. they got pimped by Arsenal. Arsenal sent uh, tyranny to Sociedad. I like Reguillon. I don't. I didn't actually understand why he didn't get more game time. Every time he played, I thought he played great and he great gave great energy to the squad. But yeah, he's gone. He's gone. You guys seem a little fat with players that don't fit anymore, like Lo Celso. Out. Lo Celso is an interesting one. I'm I'm hearing that he's going to get game time and that he will feature in the squad. And I think he has played very well at Villarreal from what I've you know, gathered on X. 
elonsx.com. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. That's just uh, rooster now. I know. You're our number one content creator. People don't mm-hmm. realize that about rooster and the devil Twitter. No, you're, not, you're not giving yourself enough credit for sure. Mm-hmm. You can you can find Jimmy's posts on Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person on Google Plus still. This still exists. All right, uh, Jimmy, do you want to talk about Villa's Hibernian win super quick? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, Jake and I will finish with some uh, betting shit. Oh yeah, betting. Betting's way more fun. Yeah, no, just real quick. Like uh, you know, uh, we talked about this earlier in the week. Jake and I did um, played Hibernian in the first leg um, at Hibernian five zero win. Um, honestly, like it was a little sketchy early on. They actually had a couple opportunities. I think they, uh, you know, came close early. Um, but then, uh, by halftime it was three, nothing. Um, all three of the first three goals were headers, um, which was, uh, fun. Um, Watkins scoring for fun and it is a very clear and I'm excited about it that Unai really wants to win this because there's no reason like we basically started almost the exact same starting 11 from from the premier league on the weekend there it wasn't like a lot of youth guys they did make some subs at halftime which were good was good you know an eye on the premier league but um with all the injuries happening and, and stuff like that um you know it was good to get some guys out but yeah pretty comprehensive win uh obviously a little homecoming for john mcginn that's where we bought uh him from was hibernian um so him going back to scotland as the captain of villa and just decimating him a dominating win too but it, it is qualifying right uh yeah so like i mean this is the first leg we play again i think next week oh so um, you guys got a chemical uh 5-0 yeah, five oh a five oh win. Um is sets us up really nicely. Kinda almost all but guarantees us a, a spot in the group stage, which is oh, nice. Super exciting. I think it's gonna be fun. Like I said, um one thing that you can look at in Unai's history is he loves him a European competition. Like uh obviously like um the the absolutely ridiculous run was it two three years ago with Villarreal where they made the Champions League semifinals um, and they were what like weren't they lower in the La Liga table at the time Yeah, I mean like that's a that's the thing like he's he's never been they really rated in the league but he always produces in European competitions um, but uh, he's won like he's won a couple uh, Europa leagues with Sevilla. Um, he is an excellent European manager, and I think that I think what makes me most excited is that he did that at Villarreal and Sevilla on largely small budgets. Um, he has a much bigger budget. Obviously, he's got his buddy Manchi that we brought in from Sevilla. Um, yeah, man, I think like, I think it's it's exciting. I, I I fully expected them to get in the Conference League um, group stage, and and I, and I, I think I said this not. Uh, earlier this week, but a couple episodes ago, um, you know, we are following, like, I'd like to follow the West Ham model and I does, and I'll even sacrifice, um, for me, like, if we win, if we won, if you told me that we were going to finish 12th this year and we were going to win the conference league, I take that. 
fucking 10 times out of 10. Like, of course. So it's exciting. So it's just the first step in a, in a very, 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 very long season. Um, the most fun part about it is, is that uh, I'm going to see like two to three games from Villa a week for the next six months. And that, that's nice. Yeah. yeah it's, Jake, it's two at, uh, Europa. Let's, I don't think you guys touched on Europe much with uh, Brighton with the early Premier League season happenings, but what's the deal? Like Europa League starts when, you know, approximately? They're still doing draws on the qualifying right now. Like everybody's still doing the group yeah. stage qualifying. So it wasn't just Villa playing. Like they did Champions League qualifiers, Europa League qualifiers, and right. Brighton, Brighton straight qualified for the group stages. So the group stages don't start for another couple weeks. Is uh yeah the uh the group draws September first, but that was the thing I wanted to ask you too. I didn't even realize it. Seventh place isn't an automatic bid. No. You would think like Premier League would like be big dick in that comfort yeah. that com- competition. Right. Like oh yeah, we're automatic. We're Premier mm-hmm. League. It's like uh, we weren't even in the seated side of the pot, which would have made us play like an extra um, qualifying game, like. Um, before this round, we would have been like, you know, I think Hibernian played oh, somebody before, yeah. before he played us. Like we were not doing yeah. that. It wasn't until Juventus got kicked out because of all the shit they got going on that we moved to the seated side to even, you know, mm-hmm. be where we're at right now. So, when, um, when Tottenham was in that competition, you just play in the coolest away stadiums that you can ever imagine. <laughs> like you, you can imagine it, it's just like, fireworks going out like off inside the stadium and like old ass buildings and just ravenous crowds in this random Eastern block country. Yeah. That's fun. If, if they, if they told me like, Oh, you got a, you got an away game at like in Serbia, I'd be like, Oh man, my, my fucking hamstring is killing me, coach. <laughs> yeah. Not easy places to play. The, the injury thing is scary. I think uh, I, I'm excited that like we're, I feel pretty good, even with some of the injuries. Like you know, losing Mings and Buendia. Oh yeah, brutal. Like it's brutal. But like we're gonna get, um, let's say Jacob Ramsey back. Um, you know, selling Cam Archer gives me a little bit of fear, just because that only leaves us with Watkins and Duran. But also, like, Durant. I don't think that people realize this about Watkins. That dude could play fifty games this year and be just fucking fine. Like he can run forever. Like. Uh, it's uh, popular right now, but like uh, the beat test, right? Like he fucking destroyed it. Like um, uh, I saw like a video from Aston Villa's Aston Villa TV. Um, like he can run forever. So as long as he stays healthy, like he will play. He could play fucking fifty games this year. What uh? What happened to Martinez in the game? Uh, I think it was just precautionary. Like, and we were up three nothing at halftime. Just take Olsen out. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't anything to be concerned about. It was giving him a breather. Like he had a very long season too, right? Like he went all the way to the World Cup final, and then he plays pretty much every game for for Villa. Um, so uh, just keeping Olsen happy. Um, I think Olsen is the biggest contention um, as far like. The biggest argument, banter player, if you will, for for Villa right now, just because everyone's so concerned that you know if Martinez goes down, that Olsen is just fucking terrible. I don't think he's terrible. He's just not good at, with his feet and with Unai's system and a lot of systems now, right? Like you have to be a field player as well as a goalie. So 
it'll be all right. Like giving Martinez a break is fine with me. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Olsen started um, the home match for Villa against Hibernian uh, with a 5-0 lead. I think you could see a lot more substitutions and uh, Unai will be smart about that. That is that is weird, like how how quick the game can change. You went from De Gea being one of the the best keepers in the Premier League to being fucking gone because he can't play with his feet. Yeah, he can't get signed anywhere. Like that's that blows my mind. I I have like a like a sneaking suspicion that like all of a sudden David De Gea is going to show up in the MLS. Yeah, yeah. Income play for locomotive. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the Bobcats got him. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't, not to get off on a tangent, but I don't understand some of these players. Like, I understand chasing the money, and I understand Messi, like, made, like, these mega deals and all that shit, Apple and all that stuff. But, like, if I had made as much money as he did, I would just, like, for shits and giggles, I'm 37 years old, I would just go play for Maryland Bobcats and just blow that team up. Like be like, okay, you guys can pay me a grand a game, two grand to get two grand a game, and then give me my give me my every jersey I sell, give me you know $2 who would also. sell tickets in our area, Freddie fucking the do. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I bet he'd play for Maryland. I bet he would. I bet at this point, I bet he would. Somebody wants yeah, me. Yeah, that would blow the stadium up right there. He's worth the money. Listen, to Jamie Saba. <laughs> Freddie do. <laughs> he's only like 31, I think. He's still young. No, he's he's older than that. Oh no, dude. No, no. The, like, Let's look at that. And I, I don't I don't want this to be like a racial thing, but like aren't like African youth players notorious for lying he's about not, their he's ages? He's not 31 either. I think even like reported age, he's like close to our age. Like well, he's close to my yeah. age. Um I think he's like reportedly 30. <laughs> It's like it's like Dominicans. It's like Dominicans of baseball. Like you get guys with like full fucking beards and they're like, oh yeah, sixteen man. There's yeah. a rumor that Arvidas Sabonis, when he came into the NBA, was old as shit already, like late thirties, yeah. dominated for several more years. Reportedly, like I mean, like like his 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 honest assessment, like Julio Franco played until he was fifty for the Mets. So like he mm. could have been older than that. Like some like. Some of those guys like it's not even about like lying. It's like you just don't know your age. Don't you know. Really don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, like you would see, you would see a do like suck on MLS, suck everywhere else, and then he'd go play a youth tournament for the national team and just fucking dominate. Like, do you remember when he played? What year was it when he played Messi? And there was people on message boards saying, yeah, Messi's good, but he's no idea. I was like, oh, four, oh, three, four, right? God. Wild, man. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Jake, do you have any uh, thoughts about Brighton heading into this West Ham matchup? Kudos. Um, I wasn't wasn't going to tell Jimmy, or I wasn't going to make a statement because I'm playing against Jimmy in fantasy (laughs) this week, but he's already got fucking Ferguson starting. Ferguson starting hat trick. Speaking of gambling, book it. I'm a homer. It's going to be a lot tougher than that, but fuck it. Ferguson hat trick calling it right now. He's got to start first. Like that's the like. I mean, I'm 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 waiting for the inevitability. Um, and I know you guys signed Pedro, but I don't think Pedro has to play as an out and out striker. 
Um, Welbeck yeah. is still incredibly efficient for you guys at his age. Um, yeah, and, and I think they're I like I think Deserby like recognizes how good Ferguson is and is just gonna pace him. Like that's that's the yeah. that's gonna be the hardest thing for me. He is he, like he's he's fantastic and he's coming, but he's only eighteen and I think he's just gonna get paced and the game time gonna be tough. Watch more Brighton. I said I gotta watch more Brighton games and actually when we were doing the pod consistently, I watched more Premier League and now that. It sounds like we'll do it again more consistently. I'm going to watch more Premier League this year, so it's a promise for me that I will watch Brighton. Young Jake. Well, they got one of the they got one of the later games tomorrow. Well, like here, it's like I have to wake up. I got to play or I got to watch at eight, which is kind of annoying because I wake no. up early every day yeah. and I'd like to sleep you guys, in. But your time would be ten ten thirty tomorrow. Yeah, so it's it's nice tomorrow, Not, but well, yeah, I think um, Tottenham has the uh, the early one. Yeah, I um I love Welbeck just for the fact that he does like that that target man dirty work where he's he's not going to score goals but he's going to hold the ball up. But Ferguson can do that too, and Ferguson can score. So I'm I'm very very excited for his start tomorrow. Um, like I said, hat trick book it. You can trust me. I watch I watch a lot of their games. <laughs> But um, the uh, I I like how deep the squad is. I think the uh, the Enciso injury. Uh, he, I think it was a patellar meniscus. tendon, or no, it was a men- meniscus tear. Four Fair. months. The uh, the Kudus deal fell through. That would have absolutely saved our asses. And I think they might go hard for that. They got some like French kid that they're looking at, but he's more Kudus, of a defensive mid. Kudus, Bale- is all but, Kudus admitted he's all but signed for West Ham, which is why uh, Kudus yeah. when you play West Ham tomorrow. Like he's not going to obviously play there, but he which played is, midweek for Ajax, and he admitted after the game he's like, "Yeah, it's probably my last game for Ajax." Scored a hat trick, by the way. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why it fell, why it fell through. I think he wanted a uh, his agents wanted a. Uh, buyout clause because mm-hmm. of the Caicedo saga or whatever, but like, hell no, dude, we're going to get as much out of you as we can. Mm-hmm. The, um, I hope we beat West Ham like six, nothing. And they, he changes his mind. Like, <laughs> right, I got, I got a question for you, Jake. It's bright in at minus one, nine, five to win to tie plus three eighty. West Ham wins plus four sixty. You guys are heavily favored in that matchup. Got to be Brighton. What's the what's the goal spread on that? Goal spread. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Actually, no. There is no goal spread in this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's only win tie loss. I mean, if they're if so, I, obviously I'm going to take Brighton on the money line. I think I think they're I think West they're a better team. had a nice win um, who, who last week. Yeah, Chelsea with that's ten. Right, men. that's right. Oh, you guys uh, shitting on Chelsea for a long time really just made my heart so warm when I was listening to it. I, I really enjoyed all the, the Chelsea nonsense. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they beat, they beat Luton three, three, nothing, but they, Luton. Yeah. yeah. Brighton beat them by four. So, you know, Luton stinks. Apparently they are, but they um, might, they might not get 10 points. They're going right down. Oh, yeah, Those they, motherfuckers have no, no chance. At I, all. I like I have a little soft spot. They have like uh, they you know they got my marvelous Nakamba from us, um, and like he wasn't 
going to be part of our squad long-term, but like, uh, I wish them all the best. Like their starting midfield, was like a weird, like capsule in time for me. Cause they had Nakamba and then had Ross Barkley. Oh yeah. Uh, Shit. Former, former Chelsea player. And then to Heath Chung, who was, uh, an Academy player, um, long time, like going to be the next guy for United. And then, Never made it, and he went to Brighton, and then came to Lutton. Um, they have yeah. a guy that's been with Lutton since they were a uh, English football league team, and all the way to the Premier League. I forget his name. Excuse me, but yeah. from not Lockyer, Jake Lockyer is their captain. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at their thing. No, I think it was a. Um, I can't remember his name. So uh, let's move on real quick. I want to get James's take. So yeah. let, 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 Jimmy is not a gambler at all. Jake and I are nope. really not much degenerates at all. We're throwing five, ten bucks on games. Just throwing it out there. But we want to do a couple gambling picks. And James, Burnley, uh, you guys are playing them away at Burnley. You're, you got to feel pretty confident about this game, right? You think you're yeah, gonna... I mean, if I was betting, I would take Villa to win. Villa is also favored in the game at plus one fifteen, which basically means you put a dollar down, you get a dollar ten back. So that's a great, yeah, yeah. You would suggest Villa to win that game easily, yes? Uh, I mean, if uh, what's uh, what's the thing you guys do? Like that would be like, um, like a filler on like a, on a stupid parlay, like that one you can count on in a parlay, but yeah. Yeah, although I don't know, it makes a lot of sense to just go straight up too. You put ten bucks on uh, Villa plus one fifteen, all of a sudden you're eleven dollars richer. It's not a bad way to go. Uh, Tottenham, they are favored away at Burnmouth. Um, are Burnmouth good this year? No, they're going to go right back down. You think so? They got Tyler, so. they got Tyler Adams now though. So. <laughs> Is he going to play? Is he, is he? I mean, he's still hurt, right? Like he's, he's not going to play. I thought that Bur- I thought that Burnley played like you know they got their first goal last week against Liverpool. Um, their coach is a uh, Bielsa disciple. They are going to play like they're not going to like this is the thing like they're going to either surprise people or get fucking blown out all season. Like they don't have the talent, but like they have. They're going to play aggressive attacking football. Was it Areola? Ar- 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 I can't remember his name, but I think it's Areola. Um, yeah, he's a <laughs> Areola. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I know he's uh, he's from the uh, Bielsa coaching tree. So okay, It'll be aggressive, but yeah, they, I don't think they have enough to hurt Spurs tomorrow. Jimmy, uh, uh, Jake, what do you got on that one? It's plus three hundred is a tie. Just throwing it out there. On on yeah. Tottenham Bournemouth. Oh, yeah. Tottenham, all right. Arsenal right. heavily favored um, against Fulham. Who you got? Arsenal. It's an yeah, Arsenal. Brentford home, Crystal Palace away. So the odds on this are plus one fifteen Brentford, and then plus two fifty Crystal Palace. So obviously a little more coin to pick Crystal Palace. Ties plus two thirty. Jimmy's calling a timeout too. I'm calling a tie. That's why I was a T for a tie. Yeah. Yeah. I think they get to tie. I'm I'm offended. I'm offended that you'd ask yeah, me that right. question. Palace. Fuck Palace. Brentford. At all times. <laughs> <laughs> he always picks with his heart. So if you, 
I I wanted like Jimmy and I had the conversation about Graham Potter, and I, I do have respect for that dude, but I You're wanted not- him to take the Crystal Palace job. I wanted him to get that Palace job so bad, just so like every like the two times we play them, it's just you know just doing the DX thing the whole time. Keep Graham Potter. <laughs> the world is a lot better when everyone is doing suck it. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Everton. Do they have any chance at all? Are they a relegation hey, candidate? Another timeout. The no, 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 not a tie. This is the perfect time for that meme where it's like two idiots having the worst fight I've Everton ever fucking Wolves, seen. They both stink. It's going to be. I, I'll pick. This is probably a tie, but I would think Wolves would win this one. Oh, Mike, this is a quick callback from many moons ago. This is uh, the Matt Woodham's debacle debate because we remember, like, we had him. Uh, my friend, uh, me and uh, Kendall's buddy Matt Woodham's came on, and we did the the test about which Premier League club he should support. Oh yeah, and yeah. He, he got like. Uh, the the test had him as a Toffees fan. He's like, I don't want to be a fucking Toffee, and so he chose to be a Wolverhampton fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking wet noodle fight now, dude. Like both those clubs are like so like not just like a product on the field, like off the field. Everything going on for both those clubs is so negative yeah. right now. Like, yeah. I, I have like I'm gonna tell you right now like I don't think I'll watch highlights from that game unless somebody like dies in the field. Like, it, it sounds terrible. Yeah, the last part did. That was the devil coming back. Ah yes. All right, so who you got? Everton or Wolves? Everton at home, Jimmy. Just make a quick pick. Everton. Everton at home plus one forty. All right, United heavily favored against Forest. You got to go United at home against Forest. Shout out Forrest, though, for having two USMNT goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And shout out uh, Ethan yeah. Horvath because, my man, every time he gets a chance, he does well, but he just keeps getting buried in a depth chart. I I bought his – I think I've said this on the podcast before when you guys have had me on. I, ha- I went out to eBay and bought – the second he blocked that Mexico PK, I bought his trading yeah, card. Yeah, you have eBay. mentioned that before, and – Great callback. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sheffield is against City at home. Plus one, uh, 1,500. Do they have any chance in hell? Is there any fucking chance? No, there isn't. Sheffield United is going to get stopped by Man City. Yeah. You guys want to see a dead body? They're going to do it without – it was like Pep's like, ah, oh, we're playing Sheffield. Yeah, all right, I'm going to go get this back procedure done real quick. I won't be there. Yeah. He's – Oh no 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 no! They're gonna go up four nothing at halftime, and he's gonna have to make a show by yelling at Holland or yeah. or one of the other guys. So again. here's the thing: like I like everyone was saying, he was like giving Holland like a hard time, even though he had a good first like half. It's because like right before that, Holland was like fucking bitching at somebody for not playing him the ball, like right before the whistle blew. So like all it was was Pep being like, "Hey man, shut the fuck up!" Like that's all it was. Like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't him giving him a hard time about the way he played or any of that shit. He was just telling him to shut the fuck up because he was he was sitting there chirping. I can't remember one of the midfielders for not playing the ball up at the end. They were like just waiting for the whistle, playing it back and forth. And Holland, you could see Holland like chirping him, and like that's all it was. Like they blew it just so fucking far out of proportion. Is yeah, anyway, I think uh, Holland at minus one eighty to score guarantee. 
Al- oh, that's just automatic fucking money. automatic at this Alvarez point. at plus 105. I also like the goal scorer in that game. But uh, let's go Newcastle-Liverpool. Interesting, Matt. That's at pretty St- funny, too. At St. James Park. So that, like, that game I'm excited to watch. So that's going to be a fun game. Right? Although Liverpool looks good early early season here. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm going to go Newcastle, though, to rebound off that uh, city loss. Uh, and I think it's going to be fun. I think there's going to be some, some goals in this one, but I would take Newcastle. That one's Sunday, 11.30 Eastern time, too. That's a good time. Jake, who do you got there? Newcastle. They're so well put together and run now. It's scary. They're going to get so good so fast. Agreed. All right, that's the full slate of games for this weekend. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? we got to make it a tight. Jake and I don't need to say anything, but you need to give us your top five players of all time. Oh yeah, I was thinking you about that, do. and I, I, you know, I embarrassed myself earlier in the podcast when I didn't know Tottenham was in the Champions League. So I am, I don't know shit compared to these two. So I listen. Their knowledge is new. I'm just going to throw no. it out there. But I was thinking about it as I was. I I had Maryland Bobcats yeah, and dude, locomotive so players on my list. Not for what Jake did. No, I love but I thought he was a sus top five selection. I thought Darwin Espinal was was pretty spot on though i think he'd be in my top five but let's go let's go through it a little bit um i think at number five i gotta go landon donovan you know i fell in love with the national team first and that 2010 south africa world cup was amazing to me i that's when i fell in love with landon donovan i also think that his story is unique where he goes to everton on loan and does very well they want to buy him, but then goes back to MLS, goes back to Everton one more time. Unique story. Love Landon Donovan. And shout out San Diego Loyal for uh, collapsing in the face of MLS's me, yeah. Dong. But we're not going there right now because I do want to wrap this up. We can talk about it forever, especially the meaty Dongs. Uh, number four, <laughs> I want to go. Um, I think I'll go Jan. Vertonghen, uh, mm. I love, and then, and then honestly, three is Toby Aldevaro. I'll, I'll talk about them together. Is when I first started watching Tottenham, seeing them in the back line together, and they are the Belgian pairing for so long in that in that backfield there, and they were just such a solid duo for so long. Champions League football together. They're both still playing. They could still be playing for Spurs. Who? They're both still playing. They're both still playing. Like. Yeah, yeah. They, yes. they, could both still be, they, they could both still start to, tomorrow for Spurs. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. Uh, definitely, I think. I think Toby had kind of worn out his welcome a little bit. He looked old at the end, but Jan was still flying up the field for sure. So, LD, we got the two Belgians, uh, four and three, and then I got to go two. Uh, the, uh, I think Ericsson, because when I first picked Spurs – I fell in love with the man. He was he was at his height. He was at his prime when he was at Tottenham. He was like 25, 26, and he was such an integral part of, of that squad. And then number one, homer pick, of course. I got to go Harry Kane just because he's automatic Mr. Goal scorer. So that's my top five. I appreciated that segment a lot. It was fun to listen to the first time. What is it, LOE? OLI. 
O-L-I. O-L-I? Yep. What is that, what's that acronym stand for? Outside looking in. Out- outside looking in. You never you never watch like the the NCAA basketball tournament like selection show? No. I can't do apps and I can't do selection uh, shows. My go I start going crazy. Uh, I'm ADD at my core, Jake. If you haven't figured it out yet. Uh, Final thoughts. Joe. I got something real quick. I don't remember his name. The uh, the Spanish oh, FA president oh. is a fucking yeah. scumbag. And everybody, everybody in that room that was clapping for him when he was fucking hey. saying, I'm not going to resign, I'm not going to resign. I hope your dick falls off the into another world. dimension. It gets eaten by like fucking like demon animals. If you watch that video, something. it was like a single line of people. So I think they're planted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's disgusting. And then number two, Borgia Iglesias came out and said, I'm not going to I'm not going to play for the Spanish team. And there's a bunch of doofuses out there saying like, oh, this guy, this guy's only made two appearances for the Spanish national team. He's a bum, blah, blah. If you do not play for Barca, Real Madrid or some big time Europe, uh, English or uh, German club. Italian club, you're not making that roster. I've experienced this as a Valencia fan with Danny Parejo, who at his peak was well-deserving of a Spanish call-up. You had Jose Gaia, who had to wait behind old-ass Jordi Alba to get a spot. He's probably the best left-back not that's not named Purvis Estupian. I'm a homer. But Borja Iglesias is a fucking baller for Real Batiste. Dude is amazing. Got really nasty looking beard but the dude can flat out play don't be an idiot support Borja Iglesias for actually stepping up and being the first male Spanish player to do that good for him and yeah. fuck the president awesome, man Jamie yeah echo that Spain's a terrible place right. okay.